Welcome to another edition of the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com, the great Patrick Morrow. Patrick, uh, baseball playoffs are underway, and I have to tell you, not only was I dead wrong about all these playoffs, they have diminished their regular season to such a brutal level that they have told me I was right to not watch. <laughs> they personally told you that you were right to not watch. No, it's... Uh... Yeah, uh, this was always the risk uh, at the expansion of the playoffs and letting in all these teams. I mean, the whole point of baseball is supposed to be that it's a very tightly played game. It has the shortest money line of any sport that we are, any U.S. facing sport, I should say. Like you're routinely talking about minus 130, minus 140 is like meaningful favorites. Sometimes you get a minus 200 or higher, but these are games that anybody can win. And the whole point of baseball being a 160 game regular season is to have this separation to reward teams that over the long run are really good. And then if you get to the playoffs, it can be a bit of a crapshoot at that point. And that is absolutely what we've seen. We see three teams that had over a hundred wins in the regular season all out now. And we have a couple of that, uh, you know, just barely were riding around 80. It's uh, listen, it, it, if you like uh, that kind of stuff, cool. But then what, what was the point for, you know, the Dodgers having such a great year? Um, you know, the Mets had such a great year. Braves had such a great year, of course. And, well, but what it tells you is don't get excited for those. Well, like, yeah, you know, when you, uh, when you, when you, when you, when you're 15 games over 500 in July, don't mm-hmm. care. Like that's what you're telling fans and treat it like the NCAA tournament. And we've said this enough about the NCAA tournament. No one mm-hmm. watches regular season college basketball anymore. Uh, right. Yeah. Not I, because I, I mean, all really, you have to really do is get so- into that tournament and that's all you care about. Well, what you see is you kind of you'll see like the first week opener where they play some games at Madison Square Garden, like usually Duke, Kentucky, Kansas. And I don't know if it's UNC or another team, but I'll watch that game. And then I am skipping right ahead to January. And then when Saturdays open up because college football is done in January, I watch a little bit of college basketball. Then I watch. But I I don't watch the first couple months. And I mean, of course, but that's the point. So in baseball, and I let me just reveal these are facts. Okay, this this is not. This is not my opinion. This is not something that I just decided sitting in my chair here. That's, this is something from 26 years, now 27, because I'm going this weekend. Uh, 26 years of covering this sport. Teams love a day off. They yearn mm-hmm. for a day off. Two days is acceptable. They don't like it. They'll take it. Two days. Anything more than two days you throw your hitters off their rhythm, your pitchers are off their rhythm, and you can't do enough workouts to keep that emotion up. You combine that with playing any opponent. It doesn't matter what their win total is. They're coming off the highest high. They just won a wild card round. Right. Atlanta versus Philadelphia is a mismatch. Mm-hmm. In the old way, when when it was when the the old the old method of this is to when you had the one game playoff, I always said play that one game on the Monday, no travel day. Play the one game playoff on the Monday and start the next round on Tuesday. And you know why? Mm-hmm. Because you're scheduling your World Series in November. And I've told you why I thought that that's a mistake because I want my doomsday scenario to happen. 
I want Colorado and Cleveland to make the World Series and a blizzard to wipe out both cities. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's idiotic. So you demean your regular season and for the Atlanta Braves, the Los Angeles Dodgers, don't even let the, look, we, there was a rain out. We couldn't record this podcast after Yankees Guardians. So we don't even know. There's a chance three teams, three division winners lost. Mm. Now, the five-game series is enough of a crapshoot, right? There's always been the argument about seven games in the first round, and I've never been a, 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 a proponent of that. Here's another fact. ESPN, when their contract with baseball came up, said these words, your regular season is boring. We want to offer a new contract in which we'll show less games. So now ESPN during the summer doesn't have a Tuesday night game, doesn't have a Wednesday night game. They have the Sunday night game that nobody watches. That's right. Yeah, it used to be the case. Uh, I've been doing this a while. Uh, you get these uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night games, but now it is just the Sunday isolated. Just the Sunday night game. In exchange to make the money close. Now, they did pay less money. Someone was mm -hmm. po quick to point this out on Twitter. They paid less money than their previous contract insisted on exclusive rights to the wild card round and baseball in its greed just said sure so they took it i mean they just took it and so now you're gonna have a situation where if if you're if it's august and you're yeah. in the new york mets in first place by 10 games i don't care because yeah, and if you win the division now the Mets losing to the Padres, that's an anomaly, right? That that was an anomaly. The Mets choked in September. They, they got swept at home by the Cubs. They got swept mm. in Atlanta by the Braves. They, they choked. That's mm. not about this playoff system. The playoff system is screwed up because what happens to the Braves, the Dodgers, the Yankees, even the Astros? If you remember the Astros' first game against the Mariners, they were losing until a miracle comeback in the ninth inning. Brutal comeback. Uh, baseball is definitely between a rock and a hard place, so I don't blame them for kind of taking the money where they can get it. I mean, a lot of people argue that there was too many Septembers where, well, okay, it doesn't really matter anymore because the division runners, uh, division leaders, sorry, had run away with it. Uh, you're, you're kind of in a different way telling teams and fans that these games don't matter if all these extra teams are able to make it to the playoffs. I think, uh, I think, I don't want to go all the way back to each league having just two divisions and they face off right away. I do like a single wild card because the flip side of what we've seen in the past is some of these central division winners who they win with, they win the division with like 85 games, not very good. And you have one powerhouse division each league where, you know, you have a hundred win team and a 99 win team. I'm okay with that one wild card getting in, but this multiple wild card stuff is you know, now, now if you're Major League Baseball, you're looking at a playoffs where three of the best teams all year aren't part of your playoffs right now. And hey, listen, if you're Philadelphia, if you're San Diego, you're you're excited that you're there. But by all accounts of how we've ever enjoyed baseball, you shouldn't be there. And sorry to those fan bases, you know, and I know they don't care what I think. They're happy that they're there playing. But it's it, it, it's very silly. It's listen. Uh, maybe baseball has just decided that the playoffs are the only thing people care about. So maybe they'll expand it to 16 in the next couple of years. And, you know, people will care even less about the regular season. I, I don't know how baseball solves it because the regular season. Well, you season... can't solve it by giving it two extra teams and then having the division winners not get a bye. 
because then you're telling them that you can win 111 games like the Dodgers and you still got to win a three game series. Like yeah, that's ridiculous here. too. I know nobody cares about the NHL and I'm sure people always get tired of us referencing the NHL, but you know, maybe major league baseball needs a president's trophy or something like that, or us at Bavada, maybe we'll have to offer, you know, most regular season wins or something as a futures bet teams can, our players can bet into, because it's gotta be frustrating knowing at the beginning of the year that, you know, you bet on a team like the Dodgers, you bet on a team like, uh, pardon me, the Mets are Braves and, uh, you know, they played the best baseball and well, yet here we are because uh, expanded wild card has uh, thrown them under the bus a little bit. It's, uh, you know, we, we can beat it into the ground as much as we like. It's, it's manufactured drama, but I, I don't know how much it helps. Like, yeah, these individual games are getting better ratings than a usual regular season game. So from that point of view, it helps, but I mean, Aside from when the Jays uh, Mariners series went out, because I grew up in Toronto, I'm a Jays fan. Uh, I still haven't really been able to find time to watch three hours of any of these games because they're well, still going but, up but against. They, see, uh, the Jays are a different story though, because the Jays wouldn't have made it anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? The the Jays the Jays were one of the teams that benefited from this extra thing, just like the Phillies and the Padres did. Uh, like the, Jays Jays would have been standalone wild card. So they would have been in the one going back. So they would have been in the one game playoff. Well, I, I didn't like that one either. I, I, See, I, I love rather that. Go I, I love that because you, what you couldn't do is you couldn't mm-hmm. tell the wild card team that mm-hmm. you get the same uh, privileges as the division winners. Because if you remember, there were years where the Yankees and the Rays would be neck and neck for first place and they wouldn't care because they both made the playoffs that's a tough that, one because that's why have... you have to have the one game the one game to me was perfect yeah maybe give the wild card team a smaller roster how about that this is absolute garbage like they, they have told their regular season don't even bother it's it's a shame uh, yeah like i'm looking at the yankees they had uh they're sorry the, the dodgers as well yankees had 240 plus run differential over their opponents this year dodgers 334 Plus one differential. <laughs> the Phillies were plus 62. Chargers, or sorry, Chargers. Padres were plus 45. I'm mixing up my sports here. It's, I don't know. The best teams aren't there. It's it's, it's still, uh, I'm going to watch the World Series and I'll probably actually watch those individual, unless they go up against football or anything else. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's weird. It's, uh, you know, th- this is a sport uh, and a broadcast uh, ratings kind of thing that's just going to continuously be on the decline because uh, we, we just we don't have the mindset. We don't have the attention span for baseball anymore. And when it plays out like this in October, it's soon to be November. Uh, well, it's a little funky. It, it's, it's infuriating. Just infuriating. Uh, it's a crazy, crazy <laughs> situation. All right, let's take a look at week seven in the National Football League. Seven already? Wow. Seven already. What's the deal with the uh, the primetime game suddenly sucking? Uh, I, I remember when the season started, we were uh, we were so thrilled with, uh, you know, these really good Thursday night games. And now we've had a couple back-to-back stinkers. That uh, Washington-Chicago might have been an all-timer bad. But, jeez, uh, you know what? I, I, I saw last night after uh, the Denver uh, Chargers game, Denver has three more games in primetime this year. That is tough. Denver, uh, the median score in all Broncos games is 29 points this year. They're just, they're, they're not fun to watch. Uh, they play okay defense, watch. but no, they're, they're, Russell uh, they're still bad. looks lost out there. 
He yeah. looks like a quarterback that missed all of preseason with a brand new team. Uh, I've officially lit all my Broncos futures tickets on fire. They're gone. They'll be helping to keep me warm this uh, winter with raising energy prices. All right. Not going to get too political, but uh, yeah, no, they, it's, you know, Hey, listen, we, we got out of the season. We started the season with an incredible start with incredible games. And overall we're still seeing some pretty good ones, but yeah, we, we've had a few primetime stinkers. So. All right, let's take a look at this Thursday. Uh, the Thursday night game is the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you do have Kyler Murray in there. there there's no secret about that. But uh, the Cardinals have been underwhelming, and so have the Saints, for that matter. And both teams are under 500. Interesting game, uh, mostly because we don't really know what the QB situation in New Orleans is going to be yet, Seth. Uh, it could be Taysom Hill. I don't know if Jameis is potentially going to be healthy or if they're going to go in other different directions. So we do have the limits uh, slightly restricted right now at this point. Uh, that being said, the Cardinals are currently minus one and a half point home favorites. So very, very slight favorites. We are seeing more money on the Saints right now in that over-under sitting at 44 and a half. Uh, the Cardinals did just pick up uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, an extra wide receiver from Carolina, who had a bit of a blow up on uh, Sunday with his coaches, immediately traded. I read that uh, immediately after the trade leak that Robbie Anderson got a text that uh, undisclosed number, but it asked uh, what his kill death ratio was and what his favorite map was. So uh, maybe he'll fit in pretty well with the new QB in Arizona. All right, let's take a look at Sunday. The San Francisco 49ers hosting uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, first of all, the Chiefs smarting after losing to the Bills in the last minute uh, in what was another classic game. Uh, what do you say about uh, the Chiefs going into Levi's Stadium? Levi's Stadium. Um, yeah, well, that's what it is. I Yeah, it, it, super interesting game. I mean, listen, you have a former Super Bowl matchup here. Uh, I, you know what? The, the Chiefs didn't look bad against the Bills. I think the Bills just really solidified themselves as the best team in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, everyone else is kind of uh, hunkering for second right now. Uh, looking at the current odds, Seth, the Chiefs are currently three-point favorites on the road at Bavada, and they are taking, yep, quick scroll, more action than anybody else uh, so far uh, for the upcoming uh, week seven. Uh, super weird 49ers team. I mean, you watch them play the Rams, who are defending, you know, Super Bowl winners, and, you know, the 49ers look amazing against them. They look like a 49ers team that can make a run. This is a 49ers team that just got humbled by Atlanta. They lost to Chicago, who's no good at really weird to make sense of what they're able to do. Um, you know, they obviously play much better at home away, which is Kind of the case for most teams, but surprising to see uh, the struggles that they've had against mediocre opponents this year. But uh, odds suggest that should be a close one on uh, Sunday. Over under for this one, Seth, sitting at 48 and a half at the Vada action split pretty 50 50 on the total there. The Bills, by the way, are off this week. The There are four teams on the bye it's Buffalo, the Rams, the Vikings, and the unbeaten Eagles. Yeah, the that, Bills are actually us. Bills are 17 point favorites over by this week. So uh, they're looking good. All right. We want to bring in the New York, New York giants just because I still can't believe we're talking about the New York giants. I think it's the fourth straight week. We've talked about them on this podcast. Uh, the giants are in Jacksonville. Why are the Jaguars favored at home against a team that's five and one unbeaten on the road? <laughs> yeah. Including uh, that London uh, win uh, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I, I would I, 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 I would have said that this is a you know it, I'm not giving them a huge point advantage, but I would I would favor uh, the Giants. Yeah, it's it, it's certainly a curious one. It's um you know you look at what uh, the Giants have been able to do. Uh, you know we we do 
look at how close some of their wins have been set as well. And, you know, football is notorious like that. Like we, we just talked about, uh, or we've talked about, sorry, how bad Russell Wilson, the Broncos have been. Uh, that's still a team for as bad as they've played could easily be six. No, they lost a couple overtime games. Uh, they've lost uh, a few others that they really literally fumbled away when it comes to the Raiders. So, you know, looking at this Giants team, they eat one out against the Titans where they were down most of the game. They barely beat the Panthers by three. Uh, they played a good one against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are kind of mediocre, though. They beat the Bears by eight. Uh, they beat the Packers. That was an impressive comeback win. Ravens really let that one get away from themselves. So all that to say, uh, you know, and we kind of think it looking at the Jaguars results the other way, that they have kind of been underperforming over the sum of their parts. So looking at uh, the odds in this one set, the Jaguars are currently a three-point favorite, which if we're using historical home field advantage metrics, that would kind of suggest that neutral site that these two teams would be evenly matched. Records aside, I, I think that does make sense to me, but uh, the better see it differently, and that's usually what they do see. Uh, this is a, you know, a short memory kind of betting business week to week with the NFL, and as such, about 65% of all bets, uh, money line and point spread, are on the Giants at Bavada. Over-under is sitting 42.5 right now. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers stink, and the Miami Dolphins may get Tua Tungavailoa back. Uh, he cleared protocols, but he missed last week. The three and three Dolphins on Sunday night football. Why do I have a feeling just because I, I'm a skeptical NFL fan, uh, the Miami Dolphins are going to have Mr. Tungavailoa in under center uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it uh, certainly remains to be seen, Seth. Uh, you know, certainly more likely than last week where they were hoping that he could uh, play for them, but uh, yeah, looking at this one, uh, this is another one of those game stuff. We talked about it with uh, Cincinnati, uh, Atlanta, sorry, not Cincinnati, uh, the Saints and Cardinals at the beginning of the week. This is one of those games where the line, the lines are a little bit more, the limits, pardon me, are a little bit more restricted right now because of that uncertainty. Uh, and when, listen, when that uncertainty is around a QB, we've got to be tight with lines because the best QB in the league could be worth, uh, you know, anywhere from six to seven points on the point spread, uh, depending on the game. You know, two is not that high, but as it currently stands, the Dolphins are seven-point favorites at Bavada. You know, action pretty split so far, but it's also very light. And I think that's both reflective of the fact that limits are a little bit lower right now. And that, uh, you know, with this uncertainty around, a lot of people like to play the Twitter game when it comes to betting. And they will have their Twitter notifications, you know, set direct to phone, like, like what I do with Schefter during, uh, you know, draft season, free agent, uh, stuff like that. So they're going to be waiting to get that Tua information when he's officially cleared or not. And that's when they're going to try and pull the trigger on either the Steelers or the Dolphins, depending on what that information is. So again, that's why we like to keep those limits lower in that spot. Uh, shout out to the Steelers who killed three of my remaining four uh, survivor uh, uh, picks over the weekend. Uh, you know, that was a horrible game Tampa played, but uh, you know, again, the Steelers, we don't think they're good. You hit the nail right on the head. They do stink, even if this Dolphins team has been smarting since that excellent Bills win. Over under this one, Seth, sitting at 45 at Bavada right now. All right, taking a look at college, and I can't believe we're leading this, but this is a legit lead, right? Like, I know we could be leading with Alabama, Mississippi State, but I want to lead with Syracuse Clemson. Uh, <laughs> this is number five versus number 14. That would have made this podcast anyway. Go orange. Let's go, Cuse. Well, Seth, what, I, I give mean, the points. Sorry, what? what? <laughs> no, I, I was just gonna say. You know, you. Uh, I, I think you weren't sure that they'd be able to do it last week, but it, they are in a bit tougher, uh, as as we noted uh, against Clemson. But listen, if they could pull this off, uh, 
boy, does that rest of the schedule look uh, pretty open for them. You know, they are already bowl eligible, which, uh, you know, before the season started, hey, that's, if you told Syracuse fans that October midweek uh, or middle of October that they'd be bowl eligible, got to be thrilled with that. But now, now they're, you know, maybe competing, even if they don't run the table, which of course that would be a lot to do even without Clemson in front of them. They could be playing in one of the top end bowls come holiday season. So uh, interesting, interesting to see what will take place at noon on Saturday. But looking at the current odds, Seth, Clemson is currently a 13 and a half point home favorite at Bavada. The over under is sitting at 50. Uh, and that money line uh, for Syracuse right now is four to one. So, again, that's suggesting that Syracuse has about a 20 percent chance, give or take, to win this game. These odds would have been a lot higher at the beginning of the year if these two teams were playing. You're looking at at least on the other side of 17 and a half, maybe even touching 20. So kudos to what Syracuse has done so far. They've got a, more than a puncher's chance in this one. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, so are the betters because about 65% of all bets are on Syracuse on both the money line and the spread. So uh, th- there's a lot of believers out there, Seth. All right, UCLA, Oregon, the big tw- Pac-12 matchup that is soon to be uh, gone. Uh, how about Bo Nix, right? Resurfacing with Oregon and uh, he's got that team playing well. Yeah. Interesting uh, one here, Seth, as uh, UCLA currently comes to this game ranked number nine. Uh, you know, the Pac-12 last few years hasn't had a lot of love. They're not one of the teams that has been, you know, m- making it to the college football playoff, not even really been knocking on the door, but UCLA has a chance to be one of those teams on the outside looking in uh, just by the fact that they are currently undefeated because they have a pretty good ranking right now. And, it already helps that you have a team like Alabama that's, uh, you know, lost uh, in incredible fashion. Don't get me wrong. That Alabama-Tennessee game, uh, easily the game of the year so far. But, uh, you know, UCLA doesn't care about that. All they see is that the door is open. And if they're able to beat number 10 Oregon on the road here, uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's a bit early, but they might start be thinking about finally getting a Pac-12 team back into that college football playoff. Looking at the odds at this one, Seth, uh, the Bruins will be in tough. They are six point underdogs on the road at the Oregon Ducks at Bavada. And, uh, you know, about 70% of betting so far is on the Bruins. Again, we see this a lot more in college football than we do NFL, where a lot of players will simply say, well, this number is lower than the other in terms of rankings. uh, And I can get them at underdog prices. Uh, That is a simplistic approach to it, but that is something that we see more and more, especially for sport like college football, where, listen, I I can name the QBs on each team and maybe a few more other players, but that's about it. It's really tough for players to get into, you know, the granular details of what makes each team tick. And sometimes it's just easier to say, well, they're nine, they're 10, and I'm getting plus 190 odds, so I'm going to jump in. But so that that is where we're at at that one. But oh my goodness, we are going to be expecting points over under Seth is sitting at 69 and a half, which I think we can all agree is a pretty nice number. Yeah, that's a pretty good number. All right. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma State. Uh, since you like making fun of me for uh, stadium names, it's uh, Boone Pickens Stadium, and uh, the Texas uh, Longhorns are uh, road favorite. Yeah, interesting uh, season for Texas so far. Seth, they uh, they were a missed field goal away from knocking off uh, Alabama in week two of the season. Um, you know, they, they looked great. They you know they beat West Virginia. They absolutely smashed Oklahoma. Uh, a weird loss to Texas Tech, but. Uh, you know, this looks like a pretty good Texas Longhorn team that uh, Sarkeesian's been able to put together there. And, you know, again, this it really speaks to the fact that they are on the road against a number 11 ranked team, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, and the Texas Longhorns are a six-point favorite in this one. Uh, 
you, regardless of the result on Saturday, if you are a Longhorns fan, you've got to be feeling a lot better about what your team is doing, not just now, but uh, building up for the future with uh, the fact that they're, you know, seen by the betting public, seen by uh, the odds makers and, you know, the sharp players as well who help, uh, you know, guide these numbers as a road favorite in this spot. Uh, again, uh, the Longhorns are six point favorites and the over under is 62 at Bavada. Early days, but action is uh, split pretty 50 50 so far on this one. Should be a great one, though, Seth. By the way, the uh, the moratorium on uh, lamenting Alabama's loss is soon to be expired. Um, I feel bad for Mississippi State. Um, it just feels like Alabama is going to come in and they are going to thump. When they lose, it is, you know, jarring uh, to see. It's the biggest upset in college football anytime any uh, time. Alabama gets their uh, chance to come back up against number 24, Mississippi State. Yeah, I certainly feel... Uh... You know, I, I wouldn't want to be Mississippi State going to this game. You know, Mississippi State is nationally ranked, which, uh, you know, good for them. Uh, they're still likely to get the doors blown off them uh, this coming Saturday, as Alabama is currently a 21-point favorite at Bavada in this one. Um, about 65% of all bets are on Alabama. And you know what? It's – you noted that you noted that Alabama's already got the one loss uh, – and, but being in the SEC like that, especially in the SEC West, which uh, tends to beat up on each other a little bit more than the East Division does, um, they're one of the few teams in the league that is able to lose a regular season game and still feel pretty comfortable about their own destiny. Um, they will now have to beat Georgia in the SEC championship, assuming assuming those are the two teams that get there. And if they do that, that's it, they're in. If Georgia's undefeated all the way to the SEC championship, they're probably in as well if they lose that, just because... Look, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, the futures board, the top of it, the very top uh, with separation uh, behind them. It was Ohio State, it was Georgia, it was Alabama, and then it kind of starts with Clemson a little bit. That's still kind of where we're at, even with that Alabama loss. So Alabama is fortunate that they do get to, you know, redeem themselves in a way that, you know, we talked about UCLA. UCLA loses to Oregon, they're toast. That's it. They're done. There's no college football playoff for them. Right. TCU loses to Kansas State, same thing there. Uh, the SEC is fortunate enough and hey listen the, the proof is in the pudding because they win a good deal of these college football playoff national championships but uh it is interesting to see alabama you know be able to have that loss and have a chance to recoup again 21 point favorites at bavada in this one the over under is sky high in the 60s and I, I i feel bad for mississippi state fans it'll be tough it'll be really tough alabama after a loss is seemingly unstoppable and uh, it seems like it'll be the case this time around too all right, so I, I looks to me like the better matchups this weekend are in college than in the NFL. You you take the two best teams, you know, the Eagles and the and the Bills, and give them bye weeks in the same week. That kind of decides it, don't you think? Yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I suppose it's another opportunity for these two for the rest of the teams uh, to kind of lay claim to okay, can you separate yourselves? Can the wheat separate themselves from the chaff? Uh, do we have a better idea of who's really good, who's really bad? Uh, you know, we talked about Giants Jacksonville, uh, you know, can Jacksonville finally take a step or, hey, listen, if the Giants are six and one after this weekend, how seriously do we have to start taking them overall? So I think it's an opportunity for teams to answer a lot of questions about themselves and at least create that extra level of separation. So, you know, th there's some interest from that point of view. But, yeah, college football definitely has uh, more marquee games. Uh, but listen, they also get the, the benefit of having 100 plus games every Saturday. So that, that helps them out a lot as well. No, but there are a lot of good top, top matchups. I mean, there, there's some, some really good uh, top matchups and, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, we'll have to see, you know, if the, if the day turns out to be entertaining, look, the NFL still 
uh, has entertaining games. They're just not always involving top teams. Of course. Uh, I guess as a last note, folks, uh, this might be your last chance. So don't sleep on Syracuse. You can still get them at 200 to one to win the college football playoff. I, I know Seth Reverett is rushing to make the yeah, deposit right 200 now. 200 to one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That would be, that would be a rough one to even try to sell. I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh boy. You're going to have regrets come January. I know it. I know it. <laughs> what are the odds that I ended up being the bigger orange uh, supporter and hopeful than you? But uh... no, they're going to lose. Uh, they, they'll totally lose. If they don't, uh, I'll tell you this. Here's what I can bet. Uh, I know what the the uh, open to our le- next podcast will be. Okay. Well, maybe you should tie for the reverse jinx again, because last week you said you'd be shocked, shocked if the Dodgers and Braves weren't in the LCS. And uh, <laughs> so I think you would be shocked, shocked if Syracuse beats Well, because everyone that. was telling me, you know, hey, you're, you're overdoing this. You know, the, the layoff is not that big a deal. It is a big deal. It's totally a big deal. Why can't you realize it's a big deal? All right. We'll see you next week. All right, folks. Take care. Mm-hmm.